This is Power 1 and 2 Digital, the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Alrighty, three minutes after the hour of 8 o'clock. Thank you so much for joining us on the Power Breakfast Show. It is the third hour. Thank you, Evie, for our news brief. Of course, we have a news, a major news, that is, coming up at 12 noon today. Alright? Let's take a look at what's happening traffic-wise. If it eased up a bit, no, no, a little bit out of Digo Martin, a chunky little bit out of Maraba, a little bit again eased up going up Lady Young Road. But Eastern Main Road is heavy now. Yeah, it is. And let's head down south and see what's happening there. Yeah, usual streets in San Fernando. Yep. Solo, heading up to Harmony Hall. You got some traffic there this morning. Usual streets, but uh, let's see. We're going to pick up traffic again just after, or should I say, yeah, after Chicago's and before Monroe Road, which is also heavy. East Southern Main Road from Chaguanas. Pretty much before Carney, you've got some traffic there. That Southern Main Road is heavy. Traffic again from Piaco towards Orange Grove, not too bad, towards Yui. And then pretty much after Kirap headed to Port of Spain, you've got some traffic, all right? Yeah. All right. Let me take a look at what's happening weather-wise. What's the weather going to be like for today? Monday in Trinidad and Tobago? Well, let me tell you. Uh, they're saying it's going to be mostly sunny, hazy. Breezy conditions despite the low chance of one or two brisk showers. Fair but hazy night, a light breeze. There's a moderate concentration of Sahara dust present in the area. Maximum temperature today will be 30 at both Piaco and at Crown Point in Tobago. It is 26 degrees right now in both locations. That's a quick traffic update for you. Traffic and weather. Right here on Power 102 Digital. Right a quick break. Come back with our Kiss Power Choice. is now available in strawberry made with our signature kiss cream and bursting with sweet strawberry flavor
minutes after the hour of eight o'clock thank you so much for joining us and third the final hour of the power breakfast show paul richards wendell stephen richard raguba singh mm-hmm. oh, um you know steve have you ever played the nyla blackman skinny fabulous one come yeah. home yeah i played that already i should play yeah, it i like that one all right guys i'm signing off computer and be back on phone in five minutes Okay. Alright. If you say so. I say so. Alright. I like the one. And Kess has one called for spite. Yep, he does. I was just looking at that actually. Yeah. That's some that's some good ones. Some now starting to surface. Yeah, it, it, you know it's true, you know. Some now starting to surface. Alright, let me see if I can get my, my other guest online. Trying to get on to McDonald Jacobs, the now retired former commissioner of police. 
Yeah, I didn't get him. It went, uh, I think he's on the phone or something. Yeah. So, look, Christopher continues to act. And the Prime Minister, did the Prime Minister, I think the Prime Minister made a speech about um, thanking him for his service or something like that. Oh, I don't know. I think I saw something like that. Um, as we're talking about, um, well, we're not talking about crime, but it's a good segue into crime. And the three teenagers that were shot and killed in Dabody. Mm-hmm. Boys, Linda. When I, was, when I was watching news last night, it was a, an ongoing story at the time. But one of them said that the 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 car that did the drive by was intercepted. It was. That's what one of them said. The reports that they were getting. Now, to be fair to the news, it was an ongoing story. It was happening in real time. I, I, I suppose at the time that news was on at seven o'clock last night. But I'm sure I heard that that the car was intercepted. I was curious to know whether that was um, confirmed or verified by this this morning newspapers. If they had anything about about it, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or if any of that news or any press release from the TTPS indicates anything like that, because that's what one of them said last night that the car was intercepted. And I and I said to myself, "Wow, that's really great work by the TTPS." So the gentlemen um, were apprehended. Say that again? They were apprehended, right? I'm not so sure what you, you mean. They said that the car was intercepted. So I assume the people, the, the guys were arrested. Now, they didn't say all of that, as I said, because it was an ongoing story at the time of the news. So they were saying details were still coming to hand, basically. So I wasn't sure whether, in fact, it was verified that that this car was intercepted or not. With regard to those three guys. Yeah, I heard that on the news. I just picked up what you were saying, Richard. That that a car was intercepted and somebody was arrested. Somebody was detained. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know much about it. Is that accurate? But I don't know. I I I I heard that on news last night mm-hmm. that they said the car was intercepted. But what what I will say is that it was an ongoing story at the time that news was on last night. Yeah. So the details were coming in, but they were sketchy. In, in, in a, yeah. They, so they were saying to be confirmed or a version of that now. Yeah. 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 I I heard that too. All right. Yeah. Well, maybe. But I passed um, there right after. I passed there not too long after. And there were several police cars and other cars on the bus through there by Boise. Yeah, well, I don't know if my guest online could, could shed some light. I don't even know how to address him. Morning, Chief. Yeah, good morning, good morning. I don't know how to address you now. Recording in progress. McDonald Jacob. So I'll call you Mac. Yeah, no problem. Once a commissioner, always a commissioner. <laughs> but you know, so you're, you're, you're ready for your buff? 
Yeah, go ahead. Woof me. <laughs> so we spoke on Saturday, right? Yeah. And you did not tell me it was your birthday. Oh. Uh, you say, Steve, come down and bust a little line, get some cake and ice cream. You just stay yeah. quiet. Yeah, stay quiet. You know, I thought that was, you know, sort of understood when you, you know, with the whole scenario that was, um, in fact, going on and person um, had an idea that Friday midnight would have been my, you know, last um, working day as a career police officer. You know, it's forty-three know. years, correct? Right? No, forty-two. Forty-two. Yes, yes, yes. You know. So I thought that it was uh, known that um, the Saturday, the twenty-first, is really my birthday. You know. Mm. Actually, they, actually, they did talk about um, your your contract ending that day, but they didn't say it was your actual birthday. So that's okay. why that's why we didn't actually know. And I took very special note, Mr. Jacobs, of what you just said, that your last day as a career police officer. I took special note of that, eh? Yes, yes, yes. Um you, you, you see we never we never know what, what can happen in the in the in the future, you know, <laughs> as like a career <laughs> police officer. And you remember my aspect of looking at policing and I said you have policing and you have the law enforcement side of policing and then you have the other side of working deep within the communities, changing lives and all of that in to prevent persons from being involved in deviant behavior that goes into criminal behavior. And mm -hmm. all of us have a responsibility for that form of policing so that even though you may not be involved in actual law enforcement, persons can be engaged in other aspects of policing. And then you have also have a, 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 another aspect of it, you know, the policing in relation to situational crime prevention, the manner in which you look to help persons secure their communities in the things that they do, like natural surveillance and a lot of other things that can be done, which doesn't really require to be in, actually be involved in the Trinidad and Tobago police service as a law enforcement person. So there's a lot we can contribute, you know, and with my with my knowledge, skills, ability, and and relevant qualifications, whether or not I'm in the police service, yes or no, I can contribute tremendously to make a significant change in the landscape in Trinidad and Tobago. Are you still um, optimistic of your chances to be selected as a commissioner of police because it's a contract position, so it doesn't preclude you um, obtaining that post? Well, I always see the glass half full rather than half empty. I'm very, very a positivist. So I look at things, you know, in, in that way. So there are always chances. But however, you know, I think basically beyond that and looking at, you know, how you can really contribute to making a change in our country. And by any means necessary. I don't want legal means, eh? Um, necessary. So um, I'm looking forward, but whether or not it goes either way, as I said, um, I know that with all my training and everything that I can continue contributing, I will. Even though I have, even though if I have to design, you know, things for myself, you know, and work within um, com communities. So I. Will but is it is it something you expected, Mr. Jacobs? Is it that you expected to return to office or or, or not? Because there's speculation no, well, as, as to that. No, well, there, 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 there was a possibility 
there was in fact a possibility depending on the the decision made um by the government and there were no no there were you know it was in limbo so that is the reason why when i was leaving in the december and i mentioned to the population i have to go on my leave they say how are you leaving now because the all things were i were not we were not sure which way right was the government was going in relation to the decision so there mm-hmm. were either it could have gone either way right and because of the um assessment that is going on right now they choose to go in that way you know and um you know that is their prerogative and i can live with that because you know they made a particular decision and i'm looking forward to the outcome i know the police service commission they are doing the best to try the best to choose the right candidate and um you know they have a rigid system and i hope they really come up with the best the best candidate but as i said it could be me it could be anybody else but i am still here in order to deal with our um situation in Trinidad and Tobago you're willing to serve if chosen well as i said i am willing to serve if chosen and other than that um because of my capability and knowledge i can actually do things in order to help communities whether or not i am holding the position of commissioner yes or no i mean a big part of policing um now and in terms of solving the uh incredible crime statistic that we see coming forth out of Trinidad and tobago is the issue of gangs and uh, I'm, i don't know if it is that you have some sort of plan in your mind or do you think that the whatever is in place now at the ttps in terms of dealing with gangs is effective and is getting the job done i raised this issue because i know sometime last week i saw on news that they said that the police are sitting in the arima area with dismantling gangs in pinto and i wasn't sure what that meant and and how they were going about dismantling gangs now this was on news on television so it wasn't like a ttps press release but they they said that you know the, the police were actively at, attempting to or dismantling gangs in arima so any conversation about about crime fighting in Trinidad and tobago in 2023 has to factor in the issue of gangs and gang warfare yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, in the past, I, I um, actually um, was a commander in charge of Northern Division, and then um, the assistant commissioner covering that particular area. And um, being quite aware of the landscape, I actually had made right, the, the decision to place the senior superintendent who was in charge of in, the intelligence unit in the in the Trinidad and Tobago Police Service as the divisional commander in charge of Northern Division to actually use his skills and ability to deal with the young situation. And uh, we also got the opportunity to divide Northern Division into two for proper management and coordination so that they can, in fact, deal with the young situation. Because at any point in time, there was 13 locations that need to be managed effectively in Northern Division. So that commander there, um, Senior Superintendent Francis, is quite experienced from the intelligence aspect 
and he was in charge of the actual general gang gang unit in Trinidad and Tobago. Dismantling gangs involve two aspects. You're dealing with suppression and taking persons before the court by building the gang profile so that you can charge persons to be gang members, you know, and persons who support gangs and facilitate gangs. So he very, very good with that aspect. And then the actual patrols and things to suppress the gangs. The other aspect is the work that needs to be done on the ground to prevent persons from joining the gangs and being recruited in the gangs. And that way it entails they're working directly with members of the with, uh, the member of the public, you know, and other NGOs and the police youth youth um, clubs and, and, and groups, you know, working within the various communities. The GRACE program is ideally structured in that way, which on two sides, dealing with intelligence and dealing with the aspect of doing that preventative work. So when they talk about dismantling gangs, he's talking about using all those mechanisms, right? Not just the suppression and arrest, but doing the other work. And they are, I think recently from reading, I saw they arrested and charged um, a few persons for being gang members and so on. That takes, sometimes that takes months and months of work of gathering information that we can, could be converted into evidence for the court. So sometimes you see the outcome in January, but that work probably was being done since at the beginning of last year in order to really and truly get the evidence to take before the court for the, to cross that threshold for the DPP to give the instructions to charge these individuals. Do we, do we actually have undercover police officers within the gang structure, um, um, Mr. Jacobs, so that, so, that, so that you could get a better idea of what's taking place there and, and crack them from the inside? Do, do we have well, that at all taking place in Trinidad? Well, I will answer like this. We, the police service, as a contemporary professional organization, have different mechanisms that they use in order to infiltrate gangs and to get the, the required intelligence and, and evidence to take before the court. Okay. I'll, I'll accept that answer. You know, a, a, a lot of it, you know, we talk about crime. I mean, um, Mr. Jacob, we have talked about crime so many times on this program over the years that we have been here. And, and you know, we, you have all manner of criminologists, you have commissioners, and not only you, previous commissioners that have weighed in on the issue, politicians, and Trinidad and Tobago is still in this um, unenviable position of, of crime that's worrisome to the general population. I mean, well, Steve, was referencing, Steve was referencing last week that several of his friends or several people that he knew, was it? No, it wasn't Steve, it was Paul. Several people that he knew who were in academia, I think, who were planning a trip to Trinidad, about 10 professors or 10 people, I think it was in academia, were planning to come to Trinidad for holidays to, and for carnival, etc., etc. But the notice and warning on the U.S. government's website about traveling to Trinidad and what to expect deterred them. And they went to another island, which is disappointing, embarrassing, and frustrating 
as a Trinidadian um, for, for things like that to be happening, that people are saying, no, your island is too dangerous. Basically, that's what the message is. And we yeah. didn't get here overnight. We yeah. got here over years and years of systems obviously not working because it has not reduced the criminal element. Yeah. So yeah. assuming that you are the commissioner of police and selected as the commissioner of police, what are you going to do that's different? Because we've had all manner of expositions about what to do with crime, what to do with white color crime, what to do with drug dealers, the Venezuelan cartels who may be here and whoever else. And, oh, it's our whole, um, um, I don't know, it's a lot of noise in terms of solutions. But all of that noise has not successfully emanated in Trinidadians and Tobagonians feeling safer. If you are selected as the commissioner of police, what are you going to do that's different? Well, I, I, I will not answer you in that context. I will answer you as a, as a criminologist, right? Um, that is how I will answer you. I will answer you as whether or not, you know, I got the position. As a criminologist, and I'm looking at it from, a, from a, a, a criminological perspective in relation to Trinidad and Tobago, you know, um, you, when, we, when we look at it, um, we will see that we have a situation similar in Jamaica. And Jamaica had 1,498 murders for last year. Yet, Jamaica have a bumper season when it comes to tourism. You know, so, you know, we need to look at that. And Jamaica installed several states of emergency during the course of last year, right? And they reached 1,498. I know Trinidad and Tobago and Jamaica had a relationship looking at the violent crime situation. We need to really and truly study it carefully, you know, and look at the different layers that come on us that is creating the, the crime situation. And we must look at the transnational organized crime and what is being done in the external environment where our country, because of the location, is actually a country being targeted as a transshipment point for drugs and delivery of firearms. You know, and uh, taking that in consideration, you will see that all the efforts that were being made as you get to get through with one aspect, there are other layers that come upon us and sometimes unexpectedly and then the police are in a position to respond and then realize it's not the police alone to respond, it's other agencies. During the period from 2004, 2005 there to 2012, we had the Matrosti team together with Professor Tats and Professor Maguire from Texas University and George Mason University working down here with us. And that is when we introduced our platform for crime analysis and ComStat and so forth. And what we did, we were able to reduce our serious crime from 22,000 um, per year to around 15,000. But a lot of the crimes that we reduced were mainly property crime. You know, like break-ins and 
and, and robbery to, to a lesser extent, but we only were able to reduce violent, violent crime by 5% because there's a lot of other work that was required to be done. And as that work began to mushroom, other layers came on us because, remember, we came out from a deportees situation, you know, and certain things taking place in our landscape. And then now we have the Venezuelan situation upon us and then the escalation in the and the proliferation of firearms, you know, and heavy, heavy firearms in the sense of submachine guns and rifles, you know, being proliferated in our landscape. And that is happening because of certain things that is happening in Colombia, Mexico, and those places where the U.S. and others are doing work with them, and we are now sort of being targeted. So I, I, I say that it is really something that we must understand and uh, appreciate and then you know i am dealing with the poor crime part but you also have what is happening in our society itself as relates to our institutions of the family you know the churches the schools you know all of that needs to be looked at because we we provide recruits for these gangs so easily you know we also have to look at that side of it so there's a lot of work to be done, and I agree that we have to have serious talks, and I know the government spoke about serious talks to be done in relation to crime and deviant behavior in the country, and we need to study it to come up with the true solution. But we must be in, be in a position to be agile and to adapt to things quickly, identify things and deal with it before it reaches a high level of the development and then we look into a response our response time was a bit too slow in the past and we now need to be on top of our game you know um commissioner i'm hearing you right and i mean you've you've expounded a lot on this issue that we have had we have been hearing about for years in terms of the transshipment point and the guns and the drugs coming in and the drugs going on its way and the guns staying here and so on but that we seem to have a bigger problem than that because we have an angry society. We have a, a society of angry and, and, and I'm hearing you with the fact that the police get at the at the end of that chain and that there are so many other factors that are taking place before it gets to you all. But but surely a commissioner, a commissioner of police or anybody who's in charge of the security network has to find a way around that and arrest that and deal with that. Um, so that that's what I that's what I would like to hear coming from a commissioner of police, as no, opposed well, that, to just yeah. Well, hear what happened. That could only be done in conjunction with a lot of the other agencies, and that is the reason why mm -hmm. you will see that the police service was making a lot of effort to join with the Ministry of Social Development and Family Services. And you talk about anger, you talk about mm -hmm. anger management, you talk about life skills that need to be taught. You need. You talk about reviewing some of our, our curriculum in the educational system to see if certain yeah. civics and life skills have to be introduced and all of that. Because it cannot be just on the police only when it comes to, to that aspect. So when you talk about the country being the, the, the youth something and that kind of anger, you see, I will give you an example. But I want yeah, to add another part to that, Commissioner, before yeah. you finish. I want to add... That, your, that anger also exists within the police service. And that is what is extremely disturbing. I have seen it 
and I've experienced it where a lot of police officers are angry and the way they relate to the young people, the, relate, the, the way they, they relate to people in general, it's, an, it's in an angry way. Yeah. You all have the power to fix that part, especially. Yes, and that is where, where the, the same sort of skills that I spoke about for the general um, youth po um, population is also required in the police service. And I know a lot of work is being done with that aspect, even at the training level. But we, or even though we have those things at the level of the police academy, as we go along, we have to have in service training and always bring back people. Because some persons, they come from the society and it requires continual work in order to us to learn real conflict resolution skills and how to deal with matters. It is something that is lacking throughout our, our um, society and must play a very, very important part in all the services and also in the young people and the institutions that capture the young people at the schools and, and other places. So it has to be placed in those areas. Like you know, I said, we need to review our curriculum and introduce some of these life skills. And I call it life coping skills that are required within the various um, within the various institutions. We have a high level of what I call anime and normlessness that exists in the society. We have set standards for persons to achieve. And when they cannot reach those standards, persons find innovative ways in order to deal with it. And some of it is involving violence. There are high level a sense of relative deprivation that exists within the society because of standard sets. And the only time you consider successful is only when you achieve certain things. I mean to say, I said, you remember I talking to you from a criminological perspective now, and I will tell you that there is a fellow named Durkheim who spoke about suicide in a nation, and he said from suicide it run into deviance. And just for last year alone, we had 142 reports of suicide, and 85% of the, uh, that were males. Right, and if you check the record for the last five years, you see a similar pattern. And any country where you have an increase in the whole aspect of suicide, they demonstrate that there's a sense of normlessness, you know, um, that exists within and the society and enemy, and it and sometimes results in um, um, persons being involved in criminal activities. And that is what we are seeing. So I am actually seeing what is written in the in the criminology book taking place because there's a fellow named Merton, right? And in Merton work, Merton um, spoke about that whole aspect of anime and normlessness as he developed his theory coming out of Durkheim. And they talk about when, a, when we move from a sense, um, from a mechanistic, or I will put up over um, a rural-like society into a mechanistic you know, an organic society, when you move into an organic society, which I will call more urban society, the changes that take place with the norms and values and how it can affect um, a society. And that is what I'm seeing playing out in Trinidad and Tobago. But there's a fellow named Agnew who talk about what can be done to assist with the coping skills of persons when those things are actually occurring. And that is the reason why I said that is not just pure law enforcement. It takes a certain amount of work from different agencies to work together and to work within the communities. 
And then we have to look at some of the standards that we set and if it is too high for persons to achieve in what we consider a success in our country. So are, are you satisfied from a from a perspective of a criminologist that 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 we are on the right track? And especially in terms of cleaning up the police service, because we have heard this for years and years and years, the issue of cleaning up the police service. Are you satisfied that we are on the right track? Well, you see, you are linking what I'm saying in cleaning up of the police service, where I don't really want to comment on, right? I really want to comment generally about what is required in society. It will also affect the Trinidad and Tobago police service where persons are re-recruited, the prison service, the customs, all the places that we have persons who deal with the defense force that deal with law enforcement. And if we can make changes within the society, we will be able to get better recruits and the chances of persons going on the wrong side will be less. So there's a general approach that has to be taken. What we are seeing happening in the services is really just a mirror of what exists in the general society. So, Commissioner, so I, beg to differ, I beg to differ with that perspective you have, eh? because you are saying if we improve the society, we will get better recruits. But, but in my opinion, we are getting better recruits. We are getting brighter people. We are getting more educated people. I, I think we are getting better recruits, but clearly no, but, something but, is going wrong when you no, when no, they come out well, from being a recruit. Well, well, um, well, we are well. I agree with you, but what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the weak part. I'm talking about the aspects of persons with the relevant life and coping skills. The lack of that that uh, that our probably our education system, I think, are not providing. And I'm saying that if we engender that in within our system. You will have persons coming in the police service with conflict resolution skills and other skills. So it will make it much easier. Yes, we are getting brighter persons. We are getting persons who are more technologically driven. Yes, but the weakness that exists that you're talking about, right, we, it, is, it will exist. Now, as I told you, within the prison service, within the police service and other services, they're in fact doing a lot of work to remedy some of the things that you all, you all are talking about. What I'm saying is, is that if we can start with making changes within our various institutions, it will even make it easier for these institutions when they recruit persons so that all these skills that are lacking will be there. So it, it takes an all, take all approach, all government approach, all society approach mm -hmm. in order for us to um, make the changes that is required. Are you willing to take some calls, Mr. Jacob? As a, as a criminologist. He is differentiating himself this morning. Eh, guys, you notice that there on more than one occasion. <laughs> as a criminologist. All right. So just yeah. a couple of calls. Uh, you know the number 222-8255 and 612-8255 and toll-free North Americans, 866-525-1099. All right, we do have um, Mr. McDonald Jacobs online. Celebrated his birthday on Saturday. His contract as a, as a assistant commissioner of police ended on acting. Acting. acting ended well, on deputy Friday. Deputy commissioner was his substantive post. So Am now, I correct, Mr. Jacobs? Yeah, yeah, deputy commissioner. Yeah. yeah. So now his right. phone would not ring all the time, and Steve is yeah. not going to call and nag him and. Yeah, we got just came from taking a morning run, so. Eh, eh. <laughs> when last you did that? Yeah. 
Well, I, I always used to do it more in the evening time, so now I can do it in the morning. You know? You know, re you know recently I saw two former commissioners of police. I saw um, Trevor Paul and I saw um, Philbert James. And they're looking young, young and fit. I say, but this retirement really working for you. <laughs> that <laughs> out of that police service really working for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we had a good laugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a police service is stress, yes? It is, it is stress. Uh, it is stress. Yes. And, and, and you know, Commissioner, I, I wonder sometimes, and I've said it so many times on this show, of what the, the officers coming out of the barracks, after training, but it seems like they have no idea how to talk to the citizenry. They're angry. They're just yeah, angry. As, as Wendell was saying uh, at the genesis of our interview, that, you know, it, it just seems like they, they're always angry. Once in a while, you'll get a, a nice officer. Um, you know, you, you, you see no compassion. Uh, when they pull over people, I mean, it goes right across the, 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 the globe, huh? but I just find that in Trinidad and Tobago. And, you know, as I add that, um, and maybe you could add, uh, answer that part afterwards, uh, is there training in how to deal with the public? And, uh, and two, the vehicles of the TTPS. Why are some of them in such a dilapidated condition? Well you, well, you realize a lot of the things, questions that you're asking, I will not answer, right? Because as I said, I am, I don't want to deal with things directly with the police service. I, you know, I'm more... Yeah, I, I know you said that, but it's just that sometimes you deal with officers and you realize that, you know, no, well, that's what come out of the barracks. Well, that part I can answer you that for the first time last year, you will see that we introduced occupational um, health and wellness as one of our strategic... Um, as the, one of the strategic goals. And within that, it involves a lot of training and development into the soft skills to the officers and dealing with the mental part of it, not just the physical. It involves both physical and mental. And they have even training, physical training programs going on for the officers right now. And in addition to that, you have our social workers and victim support officers, you know, doing... The other aspect of the soft skills work in relation to persons mental, and there is also customer training for the officers. So it was placed there so it will be focused on as one of the strategic over the three-year period and the one-year operational plan. So the first time it was placed there because we recognize some of the things that you are you are talking about. So there are actual a lot of activities. I think about forty something activities that need to be carried out, you know, to help in that aspect, you know? So I know that the police service in itself is reacting, you know, in, in, that, in that way to deal with some of the outcomes because, you know, surveys and other things are done from a research perspective, you know, and from the outcome of the research surveys by using different methods, you know, they will we come and we look at this. And that is how we help you decide on what are your strategic um, goals that you will set to help make the necessary change. Okay. And what about the state of the vehicles of the TTPS? You see, I saw one this weekend. The front fender was just almost ripped in half. 
And right. I'm saying, why are these vehicles in such a dilapidated state? And under and under the same thing with occupational, you know, here the word occupational. Mm-hmm. Under occupational, you have occupational health and safety, and you talk about safe place of work, safe equipment, right, and all of that. That was placed there also in relation to deal with the tools, equipment, you know, like vehicles and, and how it should be maintained. And I think for the first time last year, we introduced a proper, have a maintenance policy was introduced. Fleet management and maintenance policy and working directly with Ventop in order to get these things done. So, you know, um, all those things are materializing in a positive way. And I, I, I believe less and less you will see some of the occurrences that you are, are seeing as things develop and the police get new tools and equipment, new vehicles and so forth, and the whole repair effect is organized and maintenance is organized in an in a effective manner. Ah, all right. The Vimcot. All right. Uh, gentlemen, anyone, anything for Mr. Jacobs again? No, no, just enjoy your runs and enjoy your retirement and well, we'll see what happens in the future. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of, you've, you've always been a, a most decent gentleman since I've known you. I've known and you very accessible. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all the best. Yeah. And, and I, I'm happy to see that no hard questions today, so that means that somebody <laughs> is missing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we yeah, don't, I don't know where he just been. <laughs> this is his TT time. Yeah, like like Paul, apparently he pull away. <laughs> he he pull he away. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right, um, Mr. McDonald, Jacob, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much uh, for being always accessible to us. Of course, we will call you again as a criminologist uh, yes, in yes. the near future. Yeah, okay, no problem at all. Have a beautiful day. Have a great day. All the best to you. Thanks so much. All right. Former Deputy Commissioner of Police, Mr. McDonald Jacob. Was, uh, he almost hung and, re- he almost hung and relieved, eh? I, I guess it would be a bit of relief. He didn't have that burden <laughs> on his shoulder anymore. Oh, I'll sound so next year. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I guess we could open the lines. We have very few minutes again. Oh, look at the time. Yeah, we just had like two minutes again to take some calls um, as we, we head up towards 9 o'clock. So Charles is here already, raring to go as usual. Um, I don't know. I don't have no sappy Monday, so I don't know what he's going to call today. So I could squeeze a call or two in. Um yeah, we can. Of course, you would have just heard McDonald Jacob. And um, he gave a lot of the usual... Academic speak. academic answers, then? The usual speak. Not even... Yeah. I wouldn't even say just academic. Yes, it is academic, too. But it's the usual speak that we have heard over the years. And as I said, we, obviously, those things have not worked or we have been incapable of properly or efficiently efficiently implementing them so we have to think differently mm-hmm. and how yeah. we how we get the ttps to be a professional more professional in terms of how they deal with members of the public we have to understand what is fueling gang warfare and how what is the plan to dismantle gangs 
you could understand it from an academic point of view, but what's your plan to dismantle it? Yeah. And, yeah, that's, that's, and, and that's why I said when I saw that ticker, a news item that says that the police were dismantling gangs in Pinto, I wasn't sure what that meant. How were they doing that? Yeah. Let's say this I, I have no problem with them doing it, but I'm just saying, what was your, what is your MO in doing it? And how is that being translated to the rest of the country? Yeah. All right. Good morning, caller. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Good morning. Uh, Wendell. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning, um, morning. Morning, Dean. Hey, yeah, man, I good. Um, but I, that it is uh, the comment you made about I know we getting a more educated people, and I think the commissioner was trying as much as we get in a lot of the MFAs, and we have a kind of a more, I guess, academic oriented. There's something missing within it, and I was reading what the um, principal was, the new principal was saying, you know, and I think that they're trying to identify as much as the we have a MFA class of, you know, population. They we we missing gaps in the in this emotional part of learning, which mm -hmm. applies to those other things that um, shows. I mean, when you and you're hearing this from lecturers and people who do any work with the students and who are working with students and things, and who are even working with people who are in their forties. Yeah, and there's some um, administrators around that there's a problem within the cadre of what we have, although we have this all. And as my, and, and you know, the, what the principal saying, the new principal in the article was saying, oh, yeah, this key thing, you know, the key thing in working. Yes, we get yeah. in scholarships and we get anything, but there's an emotional part of education that is deficit. And that deficit, yeah. which is a big thing. In cycle in emotional moving, I think you can have all your academics, but you don't move up because you can't live within the ecosystem that you you're working in, and 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 people people wonder why they don't get promoted and stuff, or why the other person who don't have all the academics, but they have more emotional, um, you know, confidence and all that kind of stuff. They are move they move up faster than them. Yeah, and uh, and yeah. I think that's a problem that we need to work on. All right. Yeah, yep. Thank you, Dean. All the best to you. All right. Taking a quick break. In fact, not a quick break, but let's get into our Kiss Power Choice. Snack cake is now available in strawberry, made with our signature kiss cream and bursting with sweet strawberry flavor.
on you So you better come through this time Please hear my cry And if I ever Let you down, my friend It was a misunderstanding So if I took you for granted Then I promise from today Using Power 102 Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.